welcome to the First Lutheran Church located at 512 South Kale Avenue in Miles City with pastoral services provided by Pastor Steve Rice. Holy Gospel according to John, the eighth chapter. Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. They answered him, we are descendants of Abraham and have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean by saying you will be made free? Jesus answered them, Very truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not have a permanent place in the household. The son has a place there forever. So if the son makes you free, you will be free indeed. The Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. I suspect you may notice we are substantially farther along in the worship service than we usually are by this time. That's not, not going to result in an extra long sermon, as some may be concerned, but rather we have uh, today a special occasion to celebrate on this Reformation Sunday. Uh, it is the occasion of the confirmation of the students you see here clad in white and gathered before you. Uh, I baptized each and every one of them when they were infants, uh, communed them for First Communion and now see them confirmed. Uh, and, uh, and so it brings forth, at least for me, a cascade of thoughts and recollections on this confirmation morning. And as I look at them, I see one for whom I remember great anxiety when that one was born, knowing that the child faced surgery early in life. I have vivid recollections of another one of you uh, at a most tragic time for one so young. I have the vivid recollection of seeing that one in a public place and they seeing me and rushing over to hug me when I should have been consoling them. There is one small in stature but mighty in spirit, with whom I actually had a sword fight in the parking lot of the church using giant icicles. I am thankful for the, the rock among them, if you will, who even when young, on Easter mornings would show up when I had an extraordinary number of things that seemed pieces to be put together before the Easter service who would always say, what can I do? And no matter what I asked, accomplished it with an ability far beyond their years. There is the willow full of grace. Tugs at my heartstrings, particularly when I see a certain TV commercial. And there is, that one's a very spitting image. An actress so perfectly capturing 
and today, whom I found serving others by bussing the family breakfast table on her confirmation day. Then there's the one that I tease the most, but also marvel at that beautiful mind, and it reminds me that God is good. Together, this confirmation class, I baptized all of them, will also remain special, for they are the last class I am to confirm, to bless before my own retirement. And so I commend them to you and you to them. Let us turn for a moment to the uh, gospel lesson for today. As we've been reading through the gospel of Luke uh, throughout the year on special occasions, uh, the, uh, the tradition is to jump into the gospel of John, the fourth gospel as often referred to by those who study things like that, the fourth gospel, meaning John as opposed to the uh, synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, so-called synoptic Gospels because they see things optically. They see the timeline of Jesus' life in harmony and, and synchronized, whereas John, John's different, but beautiful in his own way. So we, we read today on Reformation Sunday from John's Gospel. And we read a relatively short lesson wherein those early followers of Jesus um, asserted, and I suppose were technically correct, when they said, we've never been slaves to anyone. But, of course, leading us to wonder quite quickly, had not their ancestors of those first century Jews who listened and learned from Jesus lived under the heel of Egyptian pharaohs as part of their story? The day John described in today's lesson, Jesus' followers seem to have somehow conveniently overlooked the fact that they too, their land was occupied, occupied by Roman soldiers, and the things of Caesar surrounded them. The Roman imperial standard was a reminding presence that Israel was not as free as they probably would like to think. Tribute and taxes were very real, paid to Caesar and often offensive. Even the faces on Roman coins offended the religious sensibilities of the Jews. And so with that snapshot of that brief lesson, fast forward to today, our world. The idea of being anyone's slave seems repugnant. The idea of being someone's slave seems further removed from the contemporary American conscience than perhaps at any time, even though we look back upon a dark stain on America's history when slavery was real. But that was then, and this is now in the 21st century, freedom is virtually a given. But with that freedom has also come in attention, and within attention, has entered ignorance, and with ignorance, misguidedness or misdirection. So let's take up Jesus' words from a slightly different perspective than they would have in the first century. Let's take up those words from uh, our perspective of our time, our place, your world. While Americans can say, 
we have never been slaves to anyone. Saying today we have never been slaves to anything is much less certain of a proposition. For I suggest that contemporary America's captors are not mortals, but often technology or ideological in nature. <laughs> Americans willingly love and trust, sacrifice and adore things, but at what price and who benefits? Watching us collectively this beginning of the basketball season in the midst of the football season, while the World Series is underway, why watching America's rooting for their favorite sports teams might easily be confused by someone uninformed with seeing a people worshiping their deities. And given the near reverence paid our handheld electronic devices, not to mention the sacrifice of time and money to obtain the latest versions, borders upon the religious for many. Such devotion. Apple or Android has become the secular version of Protestant or Catholic. <laughs> Yet who among us would want to give up either the joy of the game? Senior night, huh? Who would want to give up the joy of the game or the benefits conferred by technology? Not me. Not me. And by the way, I'm an Android guy for whatever that means. <laughs> and so the cautionary words of our Lord that he spoke long ago resonate in time. They might just be speaking to a different set of circumstances and a different cultural perspective than they did in the first century. Jesus' words, however, ring profoundly true and remind us that everybody's not entitled to their own truth. The meaning of life is not conferred by whether the Astros or the Nationals win the World Series. The quick fix, the satisfaction of owning an iPhone 12 will be short-lived. And I suspect at least one of you in the front row said, the iPhone 12's been released? <laughs> it hasn't. you got time. That which abides, that which satisfies us, that which meets our deepest needs also lies deeper within than the passing of a season of a sport or a momentary delight in technology that tomorrow will be quickly forgotten or seem ancient. That which satisfies the soul lies where meaning itself is found. The truth about life lies in the spiritual dimension of personhood, in the spiritual ownership of the story, of the life, of the death, of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, wherein his story becomes our story. Yours and his become one. What does this mean? We know the truth of God through the experience of the work of the Holy Spirit that we celebrate today. And that truth draws us toward he in whose name we are gathered. We know this truth by our partnership with those who have gone before us, those that are seated around you, confirmants, behind you and before you. Those who have tried and tested the faith 
and found it to be very substantial indeed, of genuine substance, even though we cannot behold it with our eyes. Since the time of Christ, a quick calculation would suggest that about 70 generations have preceded us, and from the time of Abraham, many more. Today, those who confirm their faith need neither find their own way, their own truth, nor claim to have all knowledge. For you see, tomorrow such a claim will seem quaint by comparison. How well I remember my first brick-sized cell phone, the first remote TV control that clicked when you pushed the buttons, and a calculator about the same size as a brick that could add and subtract and multiply and divide and cost me a full week's wages. How quickly these things pass. Rather today, the one holy Catholic and apostolic church, through the invocation of the Holy Spirit, invites you, another generation, to join the ranks of the blessed of God who have gone before. But we do so without asking you, without requiring you to leave the world in which you live. This, in part, embraces as the freedom of which Jesus spoke. Through the Son, times and seasons can be allowed to change, to come and to go. Kingdoms come and go. Through winning seasons and times of utter loss, wonderful inventions and tempting technology, the pulsing image of God in which each of you were created to whom you were given in baptism goes on. The good news of salvation brought to earth in a manger. And we're going to celebrate that in just short order. And that, I give you, is the truth that will make you free. That is the word of God spoken by Jesus to those who believed. Well, they weren't perfect. They demonstrate it pretty consistently throughout the whole of the biblical narrative, and we prove it even to today. They were not perfect, we are not perfect, but the one in whose name we gather is perfection itself. And his grace, all sufficient, for those who misunderstood that day, and those of us who still struggle to understand this day, the depth of God's love for us, that they and we, and those who follow, might have a place in the household forever. Therefore, affirming our faith, let us together be free to be, free to be that which you are to be. For indeed, it is the Son who has given us this very freedom. And yet, as we know, freedom is never free. And that is why the church worships beneath a cross. Yet in that cross, we glory, for by that cross, our freedom, our salvation was won. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this production of the First Lutheran Church. We welcome you to visit us in person at 512 Kale Avenue. You can also find us on Facebook at First Lutheran Church, Miles City, Montana, and email us at flc at midrivers.com.